0: perfect sunday for you to be here because what we're talking about today is really what you do so well already It it really is write down your it's it's your skill set it's what you do it's it's this you make it better You make our lives better. You make our communities better. You make our families better. You make our world better. Uh, Again, where would we be without our schools? We got a little taste of that, and we didn't like it. (laughs) And so we're so thankful, and really, you're the message of what we're here today. So this message is for all of us. It's an all-skate today, but I just want to say to all of our school employees, you really embody the message already of what we're sharing today, that you make things better, and you make it better for Some of us that always make things better. Uh, I know that some of our teachers, uh, not every student makes your classroom better all the time. And uh, I was one of those. I want to encourage you a little bit. Uh, When I was little, in fact, my mom was so frustrated with me even going to kindergarten because she would try to teach me my ABCs and try to just give me a little bit of advanced help. And she said my response was always to her, my teacher will teach me that when I get there. So poor Mrs. Jacoby, she didn't just get me one year, she got me two years of kindergarten. And so um, at the end of that, she, I think they probably could have used three, but I mean, they, they, you have to go on at some point. Uh, poor, Miss, poor Mrs. Martin, my third grade teacher, I mean, she had a a room full of boys competing for class clown. And uh, you know what that is. And I'm a competitive person, so I was jumping in on that too. And I remember one time she was trying to do this really cool thing. You know when teachers, you try to do this really cool thing for your class, something out of the ordinary. And she brought in, boys would love this, she brought in eight cow's eyeballs. And she split us up into groups. And we were going to get to dissect the cow's eyeballs. And her only instruction was, please do not touch the eyeball until I give you further instruction. Those were words for me of supposed to touch it. So I picked it up and held it up for the whole class like a champion and she didn't love me very much that day and I did not get to participate um, after that. And Church was not always better. Um, Some of you know that when I was about in the second grade, uh, Dwayne, my best friend, another redhead growing up, two fire redheads, uh, we were bored and we had a gravel parking lot and we had a church bus and it was good target practice. We picked up all those rocks. We busted every single window on the one side of the bus. The reason we didn't hit the other side, it was up against the building. Otherwise, we would have knocked them all out. And my dad was the pastor. He was so proud. You might be thinking, wow, he was a dentist, the Menace. And uh, I did live next to Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. So, I mean, it might have fit. So, some of you that are thinking, man, this kid's going to prison, there's a fine line between prison and pastor. I just want to tell you that. Okay, you never know what difference you may make. Nor am I the best example of a pastor either. Always, but um, as adults, you think when we would grow up, mature, and everything would get better, but we don't always make things better. I know teachers. Uh, we have parents. Uh, we're some of. We don't always make things better. Um, I know that for me, it's my mouth. You just open that up, and sometimes things don't get better because my mouth is open. We also know people in our lives who, when they show up, things don't get better. In fact, we just know it's going to be a train wreck. We know there's going to be problems when that person or that student or whatever comes into the room. We just know we're going to have to recharge the batteries afterwards because things aren't going to get better. On the flip side of that, we all have people in our lives and in our schools and in our churches that when they walk into the room, They make things better. We know. In fact, as I say that to you, you probably have a person or two on both sides of the fence that pop into your mind. You think, yeah, these people don't make, I gotta recharge the batteries. No, these people, when they leave, they make my life better when they show up. For me, I thought of Melvin Johansson, 92 years young. I saw him last Friday. I see him about once a year. He lives in Wichita. In 1972, my dad was his pastor in McPherson, Kansas. We were only there a couple years, not enough time to make a big impact on he and his wife Dolores, his late wife Dolores' life, but they made an impact on ours. And every church and every community that we went to after that, they always came and visited us several times. And he always came with the tool belt and always came with a toolbox. And he'd always fix something. He'd fix the plumbing. He'd fix leaks. He would fix squeaky doors. He would change alternators and belts. He would just find out. In fact, we had something that needed to wait. and We needed to save money. My parents would just hold on for another month. They know that they were coming to town. And Melvin would just always make things better. He always made things better. The best example that we're going to share today that you might guess of who makes things better, we've been singing about him, is Jesus. Jesus just made things better. Jesus just makes things better. When he showed up, he made things better. I was thinking about this through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I was thinking, every time Jesus showed up, things, it left better. Things were better. I thought when he first invited these ragtag 12 guys that were just ordinary guys with lots of issues and problems... Uh, which is good news for us because we all have issues and problems, but that's who he invited to be his closest followers. And when he invited them, the first four that he invited were four ordinary fishermen. And think what he did to their lives. He made their lives better. He put them on the front page of history he he gave them a front row seat to the miracles, to speaking to tens of thousands, uh, the best teacher that uh, that ever taught on the face of this earth. They were they were the ones that were right here there with him, and he didn't just have them watch. He invited them and he let them participate and they became part of making a world better and making us better. He gave their lives meaning and purpose, which I believe is a excuse me, is the same thing Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to give us meaning. He wants to give us purpose. Uh, he, every community Jesus walked into, he left with people being healed. People healed of, uh, you know, that were blind that they could see. They were deaf. They could hear. They, they, they could walk, and, and then they could walk. They were lame. They could walk. He made it better. He even made parties better. The first miracle recorded in the scriptures was Jesus turning the water into wine. And it was at a wedding celebration, and they were all out and there were six, six or seven jugs of water that were 30 gallons. And Jesus said, go take those jugs, fill them up with water, take them to the master of ceremonies, and then have them draw from it. And they did that. They drew from it, and the wine was the best tasting wine they've ever had. And at that moment, the master of ceremonies was like, pulled the groom, the, the bridegroom over, and he said, hey, everyone else brings out the, the best stuff uh, last, I mean, first. After everyone's had a little too much to drink, then they bring the best stuff out. Uh, They do the best stuff first, but and then the other stuff not so good. But you've waited to save the best for last. Jesus made even parties better, and when people were at their lowest, Jesus made their lives better. I think about the woman who was he he encountered at the at the well, who was, um, you know, had five different husbands, five failed marriages. She was on her sixth relationship. Don't have time to tell the story today, but her life left different. Her life, she was better. The woman that was caught in adultery and the religious leaders were ready to stone her because of the Jewish law. And he was like, who of you is without sin? You cast the first stone. And they all disappeared. And then he looks up at her and he says, who are your accusers? And she said, Lord, I don't see anyone. He goes, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. He made her life better. Everywhere Jesus went, he made lives better better and of course the best thing he did he died on the cross for us as sinners to pay a penalty and a price for our sin that we could not pay no one is good enough to earn God's favor he gives us his favor he gives us his love we don't earn it he did it by coming and dying on our in our place and paying that price and that penalty for us but before that happened before they well, he actually had been crucified but his followers, his closest followers didn't know that he'd been raised from the dead. And in chapter 20, verse 19, we see the story. Just a few short verses this morning says this. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Their, their leader, their, their Messiah had just been crucified. They, they had not seen him. He was dead. I mean, the leader, their hope, everything, all their hopes went up in smokes when, when he died on that cross. And they were thinking, We're next. They're coming after us next. And so they were, they were behind closed doors, they're in fear. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, He said, Peace be with you. We're gonna come back and focus on this today. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus showed up and He made it better. Immediately, He brought peace into a room filled with fear, He brought joy into a room that was filled with sorrow. Jesus made it better. And in John 20, 21, he tells us to go and do the same. He says, as I've done, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And I, I wanna share this mission with you. In essence, the words he wants us to do is, he wants us to make it better. If, we're, if, we, if we wanna follow Jesus, then we wanna live like him, It's we wanna make things better, simply put, make it better. Jesus made it better for us. Now he wants to make it better for others. So principals, teachers, custodians, office aides, school employees, what's your mission? It's to make it better. And so many of you are doing that so well. Just keep doing it. You make a difference. I know sometimes we get tired and we get discouraged and we have those bad days and you're going to have those bad days this year. There's a reason why you get the summers off because you would be in prison without them. (laughs) Our children would not be better off. There's a reason why we give a few months off is because we got to regain our sanity. And a few months go by and then it's like, I think I can do this again. I think I can do this again. We trick them in, they go for nine months, and they go, I'm done. Never quit at the end of the year. Wait till the end of the summer. Then you'll, you'll be ready to go again. John 20, 21, Jesus said, as I've done, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. What about em- employees? Uh, when you show up to work tomorrow morning, your mission is to make it better. Bosses, employers, what's your mission? How can I make my lives of my employees better? How can I make this more than just making a dollar for myself? How can I help? How can I help make it better for those around me? How can I lift those up around me? Make it better. Students, young people, what's your mission? Because you go back to school, you have a mission. It's to follow as, as as the Father has sent Jesus, so Jesus is sending us to go make it better. I, I think about my girls, and now they're well past this, they're adjusted, they're okay. But we moved when Reagan was in the first grade, when she was in the sixth grade, and when she was a sophomore, which meant Riley was two grades behind her, three different times they gotta to go to brand new environments, sometimes in a brand new state. And you know what? Every parent is praying when, they're, when their new student is showing up to school for the first time and they don't know anybody. They're just praying that someone will accept them. Someone will bring them into their circle. Someone will invite them into their inner circle and, and become their friends. You're just praying. And there's parents right now that are going to be bringing students for the first time, or there's going to be some outcasts that, that people kind of turn their backs on. And, and God is looking for young men and young women who will stand in the gap and say, hey, um, my god wants to help me he's blessed me to help make it better and, and you'll look for that student that's sitting all alone at the at the lunch table i remember heather and i driving around patterson california and bakersfield california and driving around the first few weeks and seeing sometimes our girls out on the playground all by themselves playing and it just wrenched our heart friends you can, make, you can make such a difference as students show up and as your classmates show up to make it better. Because Jesus made it better for you, you can make it better for others. And here's the secret. When we make it better for others, we actually make it better for ourselves. You know, there's some things that we just, we gotta have, we gotta be replenished. We gotta get our strength back. I mean, physically, uh, you run a marathon, or a half marathon, or for me a mile. I mean, or half mile. Who am I kidding? And you, if you if you run any length at all, you got to replenish the batteries. You got to get a nap. You got to recharge. Got to eat a couple donuts, whatever it is. You got to you got to recharge. Same things mentally. You exert yourself mentally. You gotta you gotta you gotta get some rest. Relationally is the one place that actually if you're around people and you're that person who's making it better, you actually, you get stronger. Now, we all need physical rest and mental rest. But relationally, I was reading a study this week. Relationally is the one place that we don't have to be depleted. That we can actually make people stronger and they can make us stronger. We know people that we spend hours with. Remember when you were dating? Remember you spent hours on the phone. You spend hours with that person. And you didn't go away deplenished. And I mean, you needed rest physically and mentally and stuff. But relationally, you were charged up. You were ready to go. Relationally is the one place we can actually make it better and replenish people's batteries. And I was thinking of a scripture that, tells about this it's in the Proverbs that said he who replenishes others will himself be refreshed or he who he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed there's something that happens to us so I asked the church today what's our mission our church is, our, our mission's the same it's to make it better as the father has sent me so I, I am sending you so how can we do this well we follow the example of Jesus Let's think about Jesus, let's think about his example. First, he came and lived among us. Aren't we thankful that Jesus didn't show up remotely on a Zoom call? He didn't come to us through Zoom. He didn't come through a conference chat. He didn't show up to us through Facebook. I mean, he was like, hey guys, how cool am I? Jesus asked me to be his friend on Facebook. Did you see that? I mean, I'm so glad Jesus didn't come that way. He came 2000 years ago, he came in the flesh. He was God in a bod. I mean, he came, he came to be with us and live among us. He didn't love us remote, And then he went on from there to living with us, to love us, to serve us. I mean, he's the king of kings and lord and lords. We, we should be serving him. But he set the example first. He came to serve, not to be served. And he came to give his life as a ransom for many. So he came, he lived among us to love us, to serve us, to give his life for us, to love people, to serve people to give his life for people. And Jesus is sending us now to live among pe- people as well. We're not meant to live in isolation. We're meant to be a blessing. As we've been blessed, we're meant to bless others. We're, we're called to make it better. We're, we're called to live among people. And that's why I'm glad I'm hopefully we... St- don't have to go back to remote, but it's, we all know it's not best for us. We know that we had to in those things. But it, it's, we need connection. We need relationship. We need the hug of a teacher. We need, the, we, we, need their, we need their presence, and we need one another's presence. Jesus is sending us to live amongst other people and to, to love other people, serve other people, and to give to other people. So how can we make this practical today? Well, I do have time for everything, so I'll let you think practically of what that means for you going back into your schools. I gave an example of looking for that student that's all by himself at the lunch table and has no friends. Uh, you know, teachers, how can you think about how you can make your coworkers' lives better? Uh, bring them Starbucks. That's my wife's love language. So bring, bring Starbucks to her. That would speak her love language. Uh, things that we can do, simple things that we can do to make better. But today, I don't have time to go all these examples, so I'm just going to share for what can we do we as a church do to make it better? How can we practically do as what the Apostle Paul said to spur one another on towards love and good deeds? Two ways we can make it better than I'm going to share today. Two ways we can make it better for others to show them that God is for them because we're for them. People aren't going to know God is for them until they know that we're for them. If they don't see the church being for them, how can they think that there's a God that's for them when the church is not for them? It's, it's our opportunity to make it better. So I'm going to share two opportunities today, uh, and, and we're just going to let the Lord lead where he wants to take this. But the first opportunity is in a couple weeks, we're calling it Serve Day, August 29th. We're not going to come to church that day. We're not going to go to church. We're going to be the church we're not going to come to service. We're going to go serve. In fact, if you show up in this room on the 29th of this month, you will see that the church has left the building. Because the church is not a building. The church is a gathering of people around the name of Jesus. And, and so the church will not be here. Well, some of the church will be here. I'll explain in a minute. But we're, we're going to go be the church. We're not going to come to church or go to church. We're going to be the church. I'm going to share a few ways that we're going to do that. The first one is this. Demolition, we're going to destroy some stuff. And you know, you're thinking, hey, I thought we were going to make it better and build things up and make things. Well, sometimes you gotta, you got to make things worse before you make it better. And so here's, here's, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in our community there's interfaith housing, and they have this place called the Lighthouse. And at one, at one time it was, an, it was an old house that used to be a drug house. And they're turning this old drug house into a house or an apartment complex, an eight-unit apartment complex for homeless youth transitioning back into normal life. And before they can build it up and make it better, they got to demo first. And it was like, hey, I told that to my friend Corey out here. I know he's here today. I told him last week when we were doing Convoy of Hope, he started salivating. I mean, he was all about the demolition. So we're going to need some men and some women and, and some young people that are willing to go demo this place, and so they can do the net take the next step. So we're going to have a demolition party at the interfa- at the interfaith housing, the lighthouse, uh, several other projects at our at our partner school, McCandless Elementary, and we live by this principle around here. I've, we heard it from uh, Pastor Andy Stanley in Atlanta one time who says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. We wish we could partner with every school. We wish we could make a difference in every business, but don't let it keep us from not doing anything. In fact, he tells the story when, when he was going through the lunch line as a kid. You know when they had chili and cinnamon roll day? That was my favorite day. Chili and cinnamon roll day. It was his favorite day too. And he would go through the line, and he would say, hey, he'd, he'd say, you and I are friends. He'd look at the, at the uh, lunch lady and say, hey, you and I are friends. Um, how about an extra cinnamon roll today? And she said, no, I can't do that, because if I did that for you, I'd have to do it for everyone. And he said, that's such a lie. <laughs> because you can do it. Just because you don't want to doesn't mean that you can't. And so this principle is we'd love to make a difference in every person's life, in every community, in every school, but don't let that lie buy into this fact that we can't do it for someone or do it for one person or do it for one school. So we're going to do for one what we wish we could do for every school. And that's, we're going to continue to partner with McCandless Elementary. And here's some things that we're going to do today. I'm so honored. Um, And I'm not going to call them out because I told them I would embarrass them. But I'll just tell you, there's some wonderful principals here. Um, There's some wonderful teachers here. And you know who you are. And I won't get myself in trouble by saying any more. But we're going to help them on the 29th. Uh, They have lots of different projects. Here's some things we're going to do. Uh, Community Garden. Help them establish a community garden. That's going to help their students and families um, we're going to rejuvenate their baseball and kickball field. We're going to do some landscaping and beautification projects like flower pots around the school. We're going we're to do some things that when they start their school year off, we can leave there and say, hey, it's, everything's not done, but we made it better. We're going to make it better because we want to show them that we're for them and we want to partner with them. Uh, and we know it's going to be a hot day, August 29th. And we also want all ages to be able to serve. So we have some three on-site projects right now for all ages and all abilities. Families can do this together, our seniors can do this. Here's three of the projects. One is we're gonna assemble crisis care kits uh, through our Nazarene Compassion International. Uh, those are basically crisis kits that when there's a flood or a tornado or there's a hurricane, that th- when that happens, that's not the time to assemble crisis care kits and get them ready. you got to get them ready before the disaster hits. And so we're going to help our Nazarene Compassion International. We're going to, all the supplies will be here, but in the gym, we're going to, uh, families can do this, seniors can do this. We're going to package crisis uh, assemble Crisis Care Kits, so when those things happen, they'll have them available. We're going to have a four boxes for our first responders. Uh, four boxes, or we're, we're, we're going to assemble some, some goodies, some snacks, some scooters, gift cards, and we're going to assemble them together, and then we're going to take them to our first responders, to our EMTs, to our firefighters, to our police officers and sheriffs and law enforcement. We're going to, our, our first responders, those on the front lines, we want them to know this church is for them, that we're for them. We want to make their lives better. Another thing we're going to do is we're going to bake some cookies. Um, and Jackie Ashcraft is actually going to lead that so you know it's going to be good um, she, we're going we're to also deliver these, make a bunch of cookies and deliver those to folks whether it's on the front lines first responders, hospitals or whatever I forgot what it was but I know we're going to make those cookies not to consume them ourselves but to actually give them away although I think they do probably need one or two quality control uh, people <laughs> and so uh, Heather and I have volunteered to be the quality control so we, we, we got that covered, we don't need your help on that Um if you have other ideas, see Pastor Nate. No guarantees. We want to make sure that we have enough volunteers to service these projects. But we're not the only ones that have ideas. You may have some ideas. Some of these ideas came from you. But we don't want to make any guarantees. But let us know. There might be an idea. To go, yeah, we could jump on that. We could do that. Let's do it together. So today, to make this happen, we're asking everyone to serve and to give. We're asking everyone to serve and to give. And the way that you can serve is to text the word HUTCH to 56316. If you want to text the word HUTCH to 56316, when you do that, it's going to pull up a screen and it's going to give you these different options. You're going to want to click on that Serve Day 2021. And after you click on the Serve Day 2021, It's going to take you, you can read that, or you can just go down here and say, please sign up here. You click on that, please sign up here. And then the next thing that's going to pop up for you, the next thing that's going to pop up for you is it's, it's a form to fill out your name, your information, your email, so we can contact you. But then there's your t-shirt sizes because we're going to have everyone, in fact, we're getting newer four shirts, but we want everyone to have four shirts that day as you're working and serving in your community. So you'll give us your t-shirt size. And actually we didn't have it go long enough, but it actually has up to six spots. So if you're a family of six or less, you can sign up all at one sitting. You don't have to do this multiple times. Now, if you're a family of seven, then you'll need to fill that out twice. Um, but why are we why are we doing this well the we want to make a difference we want to we want to make things better. We believe Jesus made things better for us. He's blessed us. We're, to go, we're called to be a blessing and make it better for others. The other thing we're asking you to do to help make it better is, this is there's going to be some costs and supplies and things. We're asking everyone to give towards this. Again, if you're new here today, you're a guest of ours, we were not, this is not a conversation directed to you. It doesn't mean you can't. We just don't want you to feel we tricked you into church to come today to give. So um, we just want to say that we would like everyone to give $21. 21 dollars. Why? 21. Why not 20? Because we want to put 2020 behind us. That's one thing. And we're certainly hoping 2021 is going to get better. We could have done 22, but here's the other reason we chose 21, is because where he says, the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. That's John 20, 21. So if you're a teacher or principal or educator, you're going to like that. I kind of tied some things together to make it work. So we're going to do $21. We're asking everyone to give 20 We know everyone can't give. That's okay. You can serve. Maybe you can't. We're, we're not going to deny anybody a T-shirt or anything like that. We want you to come. We want you to serve that day. We want you to sign up. But some of you can, could make up for the person that can't. You could give $42. You could cover yourself and someone else. Some of you could pay $210 and buy 10 shirts. You get the picture. But when you do that, you'll, when you go to the giving part, I'm not have all those pictures. There's a place in our, when you text Hutch to 56316, you can hit the, there's a little giving icon or it just says give today. Hit that. And there's these about seven, eight different things you can give to. For this project, you want to hit the four fund. It means that we're for others, we're for our community, and all the money that goes to the floor fund, that $21 or whatever you give to that is going to go towards these projects. Secondly, today we can make it better for someone. Boy, I stewed about this, I thought about this, I almost talked myself out of this. Um, I almost talked myself out of it on Friday when I came across Brian, our treasure, and he was telling us our August finances, which August is always our lowest giving month of the year and yet one of our highest expenditure months of the year. And so after he told me, that, hey, giving's like always in August is a little bit down, I was like, maybe we shouldn't do this. But then I immediately thought of the scripture, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And that God's going to take care of us as we take care of others. So I want to tell you about my friend Colt Hahn. He didn't ask me to do this. Uh, He probably wouldn't want me to do this. So I didn't ask for his permission. I'm asking for his forgiveness. Colt is 19 years old. He's a 20 Bueller graduate. Actually, he's going to be 20 on August 18th. His birthday is coming up. Um, He's been a part of our church for a long time. His grandparents raised him. I mean, he hasn't seen his... His biological dad, he hasn't seen a dad, he didn't have a adopted dad either. He hasn't seen his dad since the third grade. His grandparents were wonderful people. They've raised him in this church since he was five. And a couple years ago in 2018, his grandma died and passed away. And then just this last November 19, 2020, suddenly, not from COVID, but his grandfather, his Bill, and many of you know him, he passed away, leaving Colt all by himself at the age of 18. To figure this out, he now lives in his grandparents' little two-bedroom home in Bueller. He's paying the bills. He's working. He, he's doing everything he can to make ends work. And on top of that, he just finished his AA degree at Hutchison Community College. And now he wants—he has this dream—to be a teacher, an ag teacher. He was heavily involved in FFA, and he wants to go on and be an F, He wants to be an ag teacher. And he's going on to K State. He's been accepted. He's done all the financial arrangements. And after all the financial aid, the scholarships, the student loans that he qualified for, he has about $10,000 remaining on his bill. And I just began to think, man, I, my heart was burdened for him. And I was thinking, man, I'd love to help cold. I was thinking, I don't have $10,000. If I would, I'd just give it to him. But I was like, I do have something. It doesn't mean I don't have anything, so I, I do have something, Then Heather and I have something that we can give and help, help Colt with, and I thought, who knows, lay this before the people, let God impress upon people's heart, never any guilt or, or manipulation, but just to share the need, and I thought, who knows, if we would take same thing, if you want to give to that, you could text the word hutch to 56316. And you could go down and you'll see a Benevolence or Helping Hands. It's a thing that we already have. And for the next three or four weeks, anything that comes in in the Helping Hands or the Benevolence Fund, after you hit the, um, see that little giving on icon? You click on that Giving. It'll walk you through how to give. One of those things will be that four Fund that we talked about. Another place is the Helping Hands. Everything that comes in the Helping Hands or the Benevolence, the next three or four weeks, all of it's going to go to Colt Han. I know that he'll work, and he's still working. He's working a a full time. He's going to school full time. Um, He didn't ask me to do this, but I thought, how cool would it be if Colt went to school this fall, knowing he had an army of people behind him, knowing that he had a church that was for him, and that he may have lost his biological family, but he still has a family. We are his family. He's a great young man, and I think God's going to do great things with this young man's life. And so I'm not asking uh, what amount or whatever. I'm just asking you to pray about it and say, hey, God, what would you have me to give to this? And if you do give in the form of a check or something, please make sure you put helping hands or make sure you put Colt Han um, and put it in the giving boxes in the back if you do that. Or if you do cash, put an envelope and please write what it's for. But if you do it the easy way and do it, give online, you can just know that helping hands is going to go towards helping Colt Han. And I just believe it gives us an opportunity to make it better. And I wish we, I know there's other people that have needs And I know there's other students that have financial needs. I got two. Um, Take an offering for them too. We're going to take an offering. I'm just kidding. (laughs) We all have, I get it. We all have needs. But let's do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And all of us doing something. Maybe we'll get to 10,000. Maybe we won't. But I can tell you what. It's going to be a big shot in the arm. And it's going to tell him that his church loves him and the people of God are for him. Can I thank you before we have our baptism? I'm going to invite um, the worship team to come up here now, and we're going to transition to our baptisms, our children. We we do this as a family, so all of our kids come in, and so they're going to line up in the front up here. And we have two that are getting baptized. We have baptized every Sunday in July. We took a break last week, didn't have anyone. We have some more baptisms next week. What is baptism? Baptism is just an outward expression of something that's taken place inside. It's like my wedding ring. I can take this, well, my fingers are getting fatter, so it's harder to get it off. But I'm just as married to Heather without this on as I am with it on. It's just a symbol of something that's already taken place. That's what baptism is. It's a symbol of what's already taken place inside that what these that have been baptized are saying is that they've, they're giving their lives to Jesus Christ. They're trusting him for their forgiveness and they wanna follow him. And this is just a way they do it publicly and um, sure didn't mean to embarrass any way that going to be here, but Colt, you're loved. And I didn't know if you are going to be here or not today, but he was most excited when I talked to him a few days ago. They had a few third and fourth grade boys that got baptized. And he was so excited about that. This is a great young man, and we're going to, I believe, make a difference. So anyway, we're going we're gonna to baptize these two today. Then after the baptism, Pastor Brandon will give us some instructions about eating and stuff. But as a church, we celebrate. We, the scripture says, when one person comes to Christ, that the angels in heaven rejoice And so we believe around here, if the angels in heaven are having a party, we better have a party. So I'm going to invite those who are going to be baptized to join me over here on the edge of the stage. Uh, We celebrate baptisms. You're welcome to clap and stuff, and then we'll sing all together.